everybody, this is Whiskey Fire Department. I'm Emma Frost. Jean Grey is not with us today. Um, actually, I probably owe her. She's not feeling good today, so I'm solo. And I was out last week, and a couple weeks before that she did solo, so I definitely owe her. Um, I had a family emergency that could not be helped and had to go out of town. So, anyway, our show is about our two favorite subjects, whiskey and fire. Each week, while we drink the bottle, we learn about a new whiskey, and while we're learning about it and drinking it, we discuss a fire subject. So between the two of us, we have 50 years experience living the life of a firefighter. We hope we can help some people, laugh with some people, and make fun of just about everything else. And I have to say, this is uh, not a PC show. <laughs> we do have adult language and content. So you're warned. Uh, it'll probably be fairly good today, but you know, because I think uh, Jean is the one that usually cusses the most. <laughs> She'll appreciate that. This is episode 26, and today we're going to revisit uh, Maker's Mark, but we're doing Maker's Mark, I'm doing Maker's Mark 46, and um, retiring from the fire department is our fire subject. So uh, first thing I have to say is Jean does a great job without me. I listen to the show and she is very funny. She keeps she keeps it moving. She keeps y'all entertained, I think. Um, but seriously, one of the funniest things she said last week was that she loves herself. And if you listen to that whole thing, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it was towards the beginning there, but really that was um, hysterical. Anyway, two different things between the regular Maker's Mark and Maker's Mark 46 um, there's there's two major differences. The first is that 46 is aged a little bit longer and that makes it um, have a little more flavor and it mellows it out just a little bit. It gives it that chance to do that. The second major difference is that it's seared in French oak staves that are seeped in bourbon towards the end of its additional aging process. So those are the two main differences. Other than that, I think it's pretty much gonna be the same? We'll see. We'll see. It uh, it looks the same as far as the color. You know, it's a dark amber and um, the, the price on it, it's it's a little less than $35. So that's really good and it's 94 proof. Um, Maker's Mark was started in, founded in 1953, 1953 uh, by Bill Samuels Sr. and um, in Laredo, Kentucky. And I'm just kind of touching on some things that we discussed when we did the regular Maker's Mark, but just kind of refresh your memory about the actual Maker's Mark itself. And he's the one that did uh, the baking of the bread to figure out the different grains that should go into the whiskey. And he it saved him several years on the process of figuring out the right combination of you know, what rye and winter wheat and, and uh, corn, you know, all the different things that the, the, the different mash. They uh, aged their whiskey for six to seven years. I think this is aged about six years. The barrels are rotated by hand. They're uh, 500 pound barrels and they produce about 1,000 barrels per batch. We have that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and taste it. And as you notice, when we do solo, it kind of moves on along a little quicker because Jean isn't here um, to pull me off topic, which she tends to do 
quite regularly, but I'm not gonna bash her today. I love her. I'm gonna let that sit for just one second. Um, the 46 from the Maker's Mark 46, that came from um, the 46th experiment when they were making them. And it has to do with the charring rate and the um, French oak staves that it's seeped in, you know, processed in, um, aged in, sorry. I don't like doing this by myself. <laughs> I, I don't know, I feel a little weird just talking to myself. But I'm talking to all you guys, I guess. All right, so this is a dark amber. Very dark, actually. Um, I'm looking at it now, and uh, those of you who see YouTube, um, you can see me kind of checking it out. And, oh, oh yeah, it smells good. I liked the smell of the other Maker's Mark, too. So this is uh, just a little different. It's got, I smell, actually, I smell a little cherry. And I wonder if that's to do with the French. Oak state. Caramel, of course. Hmm. I think all bourbons smell like caramel, though, and oak. Uh, let's give it a... Okay, so I'm tasting it. Mm, that is smooth. That is so smooth. There's no burn down your chest. There's not much in the back of the throat as far as burning. Mm. You definitely taste the oak. You actually taste a little corn, vanilla. And it's got a pretty good long finish. It's got a creamy texture. Yeah, the finish is long. That's good. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and mix myself some here. Because as you know, Jean likes to gauge it on if it mixes well with her Diet Coke. Um, I tend to like to drink it straight, but um, I am gonna mix it today. I'm doing it for her benefit. So I'm pouring that in there and I'm mixing it up. Yep, that's good. I could drink that a lot, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, so now we're gonna go on to the um, to the fire subject. This is gonna be kind of quick today. I'm just making a short and condensed version. Um, we had already covered really everything about Maker's Mark, so if you wanna learn a little bit more about Maker's Mark, we did you know cover for, uh, quite a few more details. Um, catch one of our previous episodes. I must've been episode six or seven, it was early on. And um, that was a really good episode. We did um, After Dark at the Firehouse, too, so <laughs> that was really funny. So if you want uh, more information about Maker's Mark, you can catch that episode. Um, or our website, um, we got a little information on there, too. And um, I'm going to go ahead and go on with retiring from the fire department. One thing, it's a quote I read, and um, I just thought it was really, really good and really appropriate for when you think about retiring from something you've done for so long and that you've loved. And it's um, never forget how it felt to be part of something bigger than yourself. And that's exactly how I think all firemen feel. We, we are, that, it's hard to describe really. <laughs> um, how big of an impact the fire department and the fire service has on everyone's lives, um, especially people that need us, you know, in a, in a 911 situation, or even those that don't, the charity events that we do, demos that we do, and the public education that we do, um, that's not necessarily an emergency response where, where it's life and death, but we still make an impact in their lives. So um, never forget how you felt 
how it felt to be a part of something bigger than yourself. So when I look back at my fire career, I think, um, yeah, yeah, I won't ever forget. I won't. If you think it's tough to get into the fire service, just wait until you try to get out. And by that, we mean retirement from a lifelong career uh, can be a stressful event, and regardless of any in any field that you're in. If you work at something for 20 years, 20 plus years, you know, it's going to be hard to leave that. Um, but retirement from public safety can be more stressful than retirement civilian workforce. And um, they compared working for the fire department to firefighters, they compared to uh, police officers and military. So they're kind of lumping us together when they say, you know, when they're talking about, when I'm talking about retiring from, you know, the fire department, it's kind of the same as retiring from the police department or the military, if you've been a career military person. We, uh, most of us have worked very hard to get our jobs. And um, the first job, many started uh, as a volunteer, or they started working for an EMS facility, um, or they started, you know, doing a combination paid on call, you know, things like that before they even got into the fire service. Um, so it took a long process for a lot of people to get in. And, um, you know, sometimes people work for two or three departments before they even get to their lifelong department. Um, I, I worked for one other department before I started with my lifelong department. It's, it's different. Um, you may, there's many reasons why you may do it, why you may go from, from one to the other. But um, once we're in, we immerse ourselves completely in the fire department culture. And the, um, our fellow firefighters become our second family. And sometimes we spend more time with them than we do our regular family. So it's, um, we get very close. It's a very close-knit feeling. When you retire, it's like a divorce because suddenly that uh, second family is nowhere to be found. <laughs> you're, you're doing things through the week, all week long or all month long. You're doing your own thing. You're doing all kinds of different stuff, but you're not with those people that you spend half your life with. So it is like getting a divorce. And when you do go to visit them, at the fire station if you happen to drop by. I've not done that yet, um, but when you do drop by, it's uh, it's like you're, there's all new faces and um, it's a little different. It's a little different. You'll never forget it and they won't forget you, you know, but it's, it, it's different. The loss of camaraderie is real. Um, you do feel that, you feel um, that close knit, relying on that person to have your back and just, you know, being spending the daily duties with them and stuff. Um, so you do feel that the camaraderie is definitely real. Um, and you learn that the normal world is a crazy place because you're used to working your 24, 48 shift. So now say you retire because us police and military, we retire at younger ages because of our high risk careers. And, um, you know, say you get another job after you retire because you want something to do besides a podcast. And um, you are on a 40-hour week. You learn quickly that you have no time to get anything done because you're working, you know, like the regular world. It's just a lot 
crazier and hectic than you ever, you know, would have imagined. Um, being used to the 2448 shift or whatever shift, you know, that, that uh, other firemen work or firefighters work. Uh, you will never, ever, ever be busier than when you retire. Let me say that again. You will never be busier than when you retire. And that is no joke. That is for real. You always hear people say that. I swear to goodness, I had all kinds of uh, retirees that I would talk to. Oh, you know, how you like and retire life, you know, blah, blah. And the standard answer that I always get is, you know, yeah, I'm busier than I was, you know, when I was working. I get it. I really do. It is amazing how my day flies by. I feel like I've accomplished nothing but was seriously on my feet all day doing something busier than I'll get out. And um, yeah, it's, it's real. That's, that's real. Um, I don't know how I ever got anything done before when I was working, especially in my last few years because I was on a 40 hour week in administration. So yeah, uh -huh. what you wear becomes confusing because when you are with the fire department, uh, you go to your closet and you pick out a clean uniform. That's it. They're all the same, so you don't have to pick a different color, a different style, anything like that. You just grab that one and you're ready. No thought process, nothing to, um, you know, haggle over. Uh, well, I guess you could haggle if it doesn't fit. <laughs> How many of you have gone through different pant sizes? You know, Lord knows I might have. But um, yeah, that is, uh, it becomes confusing. Um, all I have to say is thank God now for, I mean, I, I go shopping quite a bit cause I feel like I need, I need clothes, but, um, thank God for like yoga pants really cause they are so comfortable. You can get so much done and just be completely comfortable. And, um, yeah, thank God for yoga pants. <laughs> I get that too. Uh, I always used to wonder, you know, why women were always walking around in their workout pants and their yoga pants and stuff. Well, I know, I know. It's comfortable. You can clean the house. You can do laundry. You can run an errand. You can go outside. You can do. You can do whatever. They're great. Finding work that is fulfilling, that is as fulfilling as firefighting is. If you're going to get a second job, or, or I'm sorry, another job after you retire, um, it's going to be hard to find another job that's as fulfilling as being a firefighter was. So, you know, that's just. These are just little things for you to consider when you're coming up on retirement or you know somebody who just retired or you're, you just retired and you're like, you know, how do I put these things into words? Well, these are kind of all just little tips or um, things I've noticed or things, you know, when looking up something that I've discovered or whatever. And um, it's, it's a good list. It's, it's a very good list and it's, it's valid. Fulfilling work. Being a firefighter is very fulfilling, and yeah, you'd be hard-pressed to find something else like that. The higher you are in rank, the harder it will be when you retire. And I actually read this one, so I wrote it down like a big, huge uh, paragraph. And they're, they're saying, could, because as you promote through their philosophy and reasoning, is because when you pull, promote through the ranks, you kind of... Um, your circle of friends shrink, which is true. Um, your circle of friends shrink, so you're a lot closer to a, to a smaller group of people. 
So when you retire, you don't have this huge finger network of, of people that you're still kind of in contact with. You've got the smaller group, but when you were getting promoting, you were learning to maintain a delicate balance between being friendly on the job and lapsing into friendships that were detrimental to the department, to the good of the order. So your buddy is, you know, fucking up at work. You're the captain and he's your firefighter or your driver or whatever. You kind of, you got to be the asshole and you got to do something about it. So it does get a little harder um, and you can't keep that close friendship. And then if you become chief, uh, really, it's really even more difficult. Um, so I think that's kind of what they're talking about with that. So when you retire, you know, your, your close knit group is just a little smaller. And I think that also they're thinking that kind of maybe, maybe you're used to being the boss when you're at work and then you go home and, um, you know, you retire and you're not the boss anymore. So, uh, that's probably tough for some, um, I come home and I mean, I'm still the boss at my house, so I don't got to worry about that. My husband might have a problem after he retires, but not me. You will become intimately familiar with America's healthcare system. Yeah, no explanation needed on that. The most successful retirements are those that were planned well in advance. And by planning in advance, it's not six months. It's more like four or five years. Um, so if you're going into the drop, you're planning. You're planning five years out or three years, you know, whatever. And um, But if not, as long as you have a plan, that's the most successful retirements. If you just on a whim go, um, it may not be as successful because you will not be as financially set. You won't be as mentally set and prepared. I think you will, be in a, you will be doing a disservice to yourself to not give yourself time to plan for a proper retirement for both of those things, mentally and financially. Uh, another thing, and I, I, read the, I read this one too, so I wrote a little bit more on it. Um, and it, it makes sense. I kind of paraphrased it. The good times that you had on the department and there are plenty, you know, you have so much fun. Um, the good times push away the bad. So you never know how great these moments are while they're happening, but they help the bad times that you have from being so bad. Now, if y'all understand that. Um, so you're able to cope a little bit better. Uh, and we've talked about that before, Jean and I, where you, um, you use humor, you know, to kind of deal with the everyday, you know, so you don't get so PTSD and all that, you know, because we do see a lot of bad shit. But um, you kind of use those good times, you use the happy moments, and you use the humor to kind of push the bad stuff away. So when you retire, you might think back on some of the bad things. Like I know I remember quite a few bad things, but it doesn't bother me like that, I think, because I just allowed the good times to kind of, you know, push it away. Um, I don't think about the job much anymore. I'm, I'm more focused on the, the me right now, uh, which is, I think, what you're supposed to do when you retire. And um, what I did and, and what I witnessed does not define me as a person. 
It never did. Yeah. Focus on you. If you're retiring, getting ready to retire, retired already, um, focus on you. Make sure you make that a priority. It. Gene and I both are doing that. That's kind of what this podcast is about, too. This is something we wanted to do. So that's what we're doing. Do what you want. I don't have a uh, bucket list, per se. Uh, I have a fuck it list. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a mile long. <laughs> There's a lot of things I want to do. I don't have anything written down in order. I'm just taking it day by day. And um, it's about me. Of course, it's about my family. That's one of the reasons that I that I wanted to retire. Um, I'm taking care of my family, but I'm taking care of me. And that's that's the important part. That's really all I had to say about retirement. I'm going to do the flame ratings on this, um, on the maker's mark. I'll put them on the website. It'll be the, the nose is good. The taste is good. The finish is good. Um, it mixes well. <laughs> I don't think it would make Gene gag. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be four, four flames. I can go ahead and say that. Um, I'll give it four flames. But um, you can check our website for a little bit more information on that, too. And we will see you next week for episode 27.